Welcome to Opportunity Africa, Unpacking the Continent. Today I'm joined by Adejomoko Benson, the Managing Director and Founding Partner of Notsingia Engineering Procurement, based in Lagos, Nigeria, a Connect Africa member, who will share her thoughts and experience in respect of the transformation of Nigerian manufacturing industries and the efficient supply chain solutions. Welcome, Adjumai. Thank you, Brendan. Good morning from Nigeria, Lagos. <laughs> Great. So I was doing a little bit of reading on the manufacturing sector in Nigeria, and I thought these were some interesting sector statistics for our listeners. So obviously, we know that Nigeria is an extremely populous country, but in 2019, it had a a population of 206 million people. So we all know there's no shortage of potential uh, in respect of consumer demand. But the manufacturing industries in Nigeria is the economic sector that brings in approximately 10% of the total Nigerian GDP. And three subsectors are specifically contribute about 77% of the manufacturing output, which are food and beverage, cement and textiles. Um, but in terms of challenges, the main ch- challenges to the manufacturing sector are access to reliable power, infrastructure deficiencies, access to credit and the cost of imported material, and of course, access to skilled labor. So, you know, automation is going to be a key component to revive the domestic manufacturing sector, which will obviously increase uh, employment going forward. So I'm sure you're going to touch on a couple of these points. So just maybe just to start off, you can give us a little brief background to Natsingir yourself and also how you started and and when you started. Thank you, um, Brendan. So Natsingir Engineering and Procurement was founded in 2018. Proud to find um, founding the company, I was working with um, the oil and gas industry in various sectors, um, from upstream to midstream and downstream. So basically, in my last things in the oil and gas industry, I worked with an EPC company, engineering, procurement, and construction company, who, who, that had a revenue of uh, 180 million or so um, annually. And um, as the head of supply chain. Over 75% of that amount was going through my desk, either in direct procurement or subcontracting. So I figured that there was a huge gap in accessing really also from the service industry. So I found that it was a gap and I thought that um, I could set up a business that can provide this sort of efficient services to the industry. So that's how we started. The business, like I said, was founded in 2018. We initially started with one or two oil and gas clients, but quickly moved to the manufacturing um, sector. Um, the oil and gas sector in Nigeria is pretty much developed, so the players there are more. But I find that in the manufacturing sector, is still developing in terms of getting um, proficient services, procurement, and after-sales services in country. So we started off um, not yet to supply engineering space, maintenance, repair, and operational space to industrial customers in the food and beverage, agro-processing, cement, steel, packaging sectors, uh, mining also. We also provide after-sales support, um, installation, and commissioning services to this client. So basically, um, that's what we do um, as a business. 
So, um, I mean, that covers quite a bit, uh, uh, quite a large scope, but just in terms of some of those initial issues around the manufacturing sector and some of the challenges that are facing around uh, deficiencies, infrastructure, the cost of imported materials. I mean, what exactly, uh, if you can maybe drill down a little bit specifically in terms of uh, your core competencies and how that maybe differentiates yourself from other businesses that are also in the same, same uh, services sector? So um, in terms of the challenges that you've mentioned, I think the ones that would concern us directly would be um, the cost of imported materials and then the um, lack of skilled labor um, in the sector. So first for imported materials, um, that's a huge challenge. A lot of the clients that we currently support have issues sourcing their materials because the cost of forex and the volatility of the foreign exchange um, markets in Nigeria. So what we've done at Nuts and Gear, and uh, this is one of the things that's also helped us, even though it's a challenge, is to come up with um, a solution. We call it our 3P MRO service, third-party MRO supply service. It's a world-class um, spares sourcing, logistics, and inventory management solution that is designed to optimize spares inventory for clients with complex manufacturing operations. So this service basically would ensure that manufacturers focus on their core, but will take up the task of managing the entire supply chain. So right from purchase up to the point of delivering at their step. So a door-to-door DDP sort of transaction. So what this does is where the manufacturing companies are struggling with trying to source foreign exchange and all of that to um, service their operations, we go ahead. Now, remember that the manufacturing companies also have to source raw materials for their operations which is the bulk of their OPEX, I would assume. The bit of the engineering space, which is the part where we cover, they don't have enough um, availability to get those funds from their quota, from the CBN. So basically, what we do is with our company, we use our quota, we try to source um, these materials, um, try to source funds directly from the CBN to get it a bit cheaper as opposed to buying it from the black market. It's a challenge, but it's something that we've been able to... um, provide to our clients and then also skilled laborers for us at nuts and gear we're very 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 keen on developing our staff we believe that our staff are our biggest assets and in the short time we've been in existence the biggest selling point for us are our people so we take staff welfare very seriously and we train voraciously um, our clients and this is one of the things that's also set us apart in the industry where we are currently playing in the space where we're playing so our staff, as we have our sales engineers, are highly skilled. They are trained. Um, we spend no expense really in training, and it's one of the things that set us apart in our um, space. Okay, it certainly sounds like you you need to be nimble and also are certainly differentiating yourself by taking away some of those client issues. You know, Connect Africa uh, is obviously focused on the Southeast Asian African nexus, and I know you're currently involved in providing uh, your services to Southeast Asian businesses based uh, on in Nigeria specifically. So perhaps you can give us a couple examples of those, uh, and maybe also maybe some insight into the appetite for new businesses looking to establish themselves in Nigeria and the continent, and how you can assist with these processes. Okay. Um, one of our biggest clients, in fact, our biggest client currently, it's um, the Olam Group. They are headquartered in Singapore. The Toleram Group as well. They are headquartered in Singapore. We provide services to these guys 
every day we go to their factories, Brendan, they are expanding their operations. They're expanding their operations. They're expanding their operations. So obviously there's a big appetite for these sort of services. Um, I mean, for manufacturing companies in country, right? There's a, there's a huge um, appetite because the numbers are here. They're consumers to, you know, basically um, take up the products that the manufacturing companies produce. For the tolerant groups and the likes of the Olam, I believe that if there are newcomers who want to come into this space from the Southeast Asia, if they know that they have reliable partners that can provide them with um, sort of technical services, after-sales support for the machines that, the, that run their plants, I think that it would increase the appetite, basically. I think that's uh, that's obviously um, you know something that we're very focused on doing is, is is creating that knowledge base between Africa and Southeast Asia to assist people that are interested in getting into Africa. So I think that's going to be very uh, very important going forward. Uh, yes. So just one point I wanted to raise. Uh, you know, obviously there's a major focus on world climate issues, uh, in particular with carbon emissions. Uh, and an interesting stat that I also read up is that Nigeria is one of the four largest emitters in Africa, um, with uh, around 7% of Africa's total emissions in respect of manufacturing. So are you seeing a shift to global companies and companies operating in Nigeria to go greener? Um, and perhaps maybe you've got some tangible examples of what's happening in Nigeria um, and with your business in terms of uh, trying to focus on, on on green energy and green manufacturing? Okay, so um, direct examples with our experience um, with the customers that we service, a lot of our customers currently um, operate their factories using gas generators, which is um, gas is obviously a cleaner option to diesel um, instead of diesel. So they are powering their plants with gas generators. Um, and then also for some of the operations that they, they have, um, like, for instance, to produce steam, um, boilers operations are a big part of the manufacturing for Olam, um, set up a new project to install agrofuel burners in their facilities to produce steam instead of using diesel to produce steam. So they're using agro products like cashew nuts and palm oil. So we're involved in that project directly. And we supplied the machineries for the project. So people are also shifting to using solar panel, using solar panels, sorry, excuse me, for the operations as opposed to diesel. There's a shift in it. And um, recently, I, I noticed the government of Nigeria is also involved with trying to preach greener um, energy, greener solutions in the country. Nigeria pledged at the last climate change conference um, a methane pledge was signed by Nigeria to try to also um, implement these um, green solutions in the business in, in, in the country. Um, the Climate Action Summit is one of the summits that the president of Nigeria also is partaking in. So there's a drive. I don't think it will be business as usual because um, I'm sure you know our election is coming. We have a, an election in uh, February, and some of the candidates for the presidency. Part of their manifesto is to say that they are going to move into greener energy. So there's a shift, really, and I believe that it's going to gradually creep into the country. It's not as developed as the um, other nations, the developed nations, but there's a change in it. So it won't be business as usual for carbon emissions in Nigeria. Yeah, but I think if if you consider where Africa as a continent is in terms of its manufacturing capability and how much it can grow, uh, if that's done in a in a greener, more ESG responsible way, I think it, it it's it's going to make a certain mark um, going yeah. forward. 
So, um, Joek, you you touched a little bit around the amount of time and, and energy that you spend on your staff in terms of upskilling them. We discussed briefly about uh, the Institute for Industrial Technology in Lagos, Nigeria, uh, and specific project um, that you are involved with. Perhaps you can give us a little bit more information around that, um, you know, your motivation for participating in it, the progress you're making, and hopefully the results that you anticipate getting out of it. World-class training for our employees is very big, big, um, is a big part of our, our, our process here at Notsange. So we're constantly trying to upscale our staff so they can keep up with the constant changes in the industry. So we're employing new technical sales engineers to widen our customer base and also sourcing for interns that can be converted into full-time staff from institutions like the Institute of Industrial Training that you've mentioned. So the IIT is a um, Lagos-based social project set up to address unemployment among urban male youth from families with limited resources within Lagos and its environs. So it's um, uh, an institute that has been set up as part of a social project for the Lagos Business School, which is the foremost business school in Nigeria, so the fees for this institute is subsidized. So you have big players like Nestle, Lafarge, and the likes of them going into this institute and donating machines for practical training and also um, funds to subsidize the fees. So at Nuts and Gear, what we're doing in our own little way is to also provide some funding, however little, to try to subsidize these fees as well. And then take interns from there that would train in our business and eventually convert to who, who are there in those institutes. They're very brilliant minds. So you have very young um, boys from the age of 16, you know, already um, being trained to become an engineer. So they don't have to go into the four walls of the university. So right from start, they're, they're trained at a particular skill, developing a skill set, which is something that we lack greatly in Nigeria. So if you see a lot of the factories being run in Nigeria are run by expatriates, right? And not the indigenous of the country. So this is one of the things that the IIT is bridging and we're actively participating in it. So, but if you see the IIT is focused on male and um, as a female founder of an engineering business, I think that there's a disconnect in that. So what I've tried to do with that is um, reach out to um, a high school that's not so far from our place of operation here in Lagos. And we've selected 20 um, girls who are already interested in the engineering sector so we're mentoring these girls and eventually look for a way to infuse them also in, in, in our businesses. So basically, that's the sort of impact that we want to try to create at Nuts and Gear. So it's beyond just um, satisfying our customers, but how do we also create impact? How do we create value for the environment, for the state where we're operating, for our country, Nigeria? Yeah, well, I mean that's that's really great. If we if we just uh, reflect back on some of the, uh, the the challenges to the manufacturing sector, I mean, in, in in our discussion so far, you certainly have addressed two, which is obviously newer energies, which are focusing on uh, on on you know not on diesel, and so can address the power issues. And secondly, the obviously the access to skilled labour, as well mm-hmm. as maybe addressing some of the gender equality issues. So um, that's very progressive. So um, last last couple of points, um, you know. Perhaps maybe you could tell us uh, what you see as the long-term uh, outcome for manufacturing in Nigeria. Um, if we look forward a couple of years, and more specifically, your knots and knots and gears long-term goals. Uh, what you look at focusing on, and obviously how you believe you are going to play a role in growing the manufacturing sector going forward. 
So for nuts and gear, what our long-term goal would be, what our long-term goals are really, is first of all, to try to set up um, an assembly um, plant in Nigeria. So in our business, 100% of the items that we procure for our customers are imported, right? And there are some of these items that can be um, assembled locally. So what that would do is um, it's, not fully, it's not fully processed. You bring it locally, you assemble. Your training, there's knowledge transfer. And then also there's a bit of import substitution in terms of the pricing. And then you're developing skills in-country for these things. So I'll give you an example. Um, we have a partner, the fourth largest um, food-grade manufacturer for conveyor belts um, out of China um, with plants all over the world in Europe and in America. So they are partners. And we have a three-phase um, agreement that we have with them. First, to procure and supply directly to our customers. Secondly, to start to assemble these belts in, in country. So we bring the raw, uh, the belt as it is in the States. So we start to cut and join according to our client specification instead of doing that all the way from the country of production. And then thirdly, to start to manufacture these belts in country. So this is just one of the examples, but there are various things, various components that um, we can start to assemble in country as opposed to bringing as finished products um, into the country. And apart from that, in terms of manufacturing, I believe that um, the small, medium um, scale manufacturers is the answer to the problem we have in Nigeria um, for manufacturing. And in that respect, what we've done in Nuts and Gear is to invest in small sized, I would say, a manufacturing company that is currently manufacturing a snack. This manufacturing chain is a local snack that we um, consume in West Africa. Our plant is doing about 5.4 tons daily of changing. Now, the interesting part in this is we are exporting it, which is the drive for the Nigerian government. We need import substitution, right? We need to export our products, products that have been manufactured, not only to be consumed in country, but to be exported. So we're currently exporting to the UK. To We have a private label agreement with one of the biggest um, distributors for African Caribbean food, a British company in the UK. So they are distributing our across all of Europe. So that's what we're doing there. And this is why we're focused on trying to train our own people. So a lot of the people that we're training with the IIT, with the girls from the high school, we wish to infuse them in our factories. And then more recently, we, um, we have a long-term agreement with the government. So there's an institute for, um, Nigerian Institute for Ocean, Oceanography and Marine Research, right? So there's a fish canning line there that's been there for a while and no one is using it. So we spoke to the government and they've given us a long lease um, for these um, plants. So basically nobody's import, uh, is canning fish in Nigeria. So all the fish, canned fish we consume in Nigeria is imported, but there's a plant to can fish in Nigeria. So we've taken up this plant and we have the first phase of establishing proof of concept for the product, right? And what this will do is, first of all, the raw materials are local. We want to can fish that are grown in country. So catfish, tilapia. So this would in turn just translate to local farmers um, upscaling their production. If we're able to can fish in a very large scale um, quantity, we're able to provide more jobs for people who work with us. And then the farmers basically start to upscale their farms as well. Most of the farmers, a lot of the products that they, they, they um, farm are wasted. There's no proper processing for this product. So this is how at Nuts and Gear we're thinking. So we've invested in these two projects to have a direct impact 
in the manufacturing sector in um, import substitution and then basically upscaling and um, upskilling our staff and just creating competence in country. It certainly sounds like you've got your hands full. Um, but but one thing that does is very evident to me is that apart from obviously uh, providing solutions and services to clients, you, you certainly have your fingers in the manufacturing uh, activity and concerns on the ground, which is great. Uh, yes. But I think, you know, that last bit that you've just mentioned in terms of the export of of, uh, of some uh, finished goods and the fish factories is, is really uh, a theme that I think is starting to emerge across the continent about, um, obviously, countries uh, looking at uh, input substitution and, and becoming reliant domestically. Um, and I think that was mm-hmm. probably a byproduct of COVID. Uh, Jamok, um, thanks very much. I mean, that's great. Um, I, I think uh, in, in addition to um, the podcast, I think we'll share some of the um, the links to the various institutes and and uh, and obviously companies that you've worked with, which I think will give uh, all our listeners uh, some insight into um, what your capabilities are and, and uh, wish you all the best going forward. Thank you.